catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com. Social media content contains a ton of intellectual property, IP, and even though most social platforms revolve around sharing content, you might be surprised to learn that content isn't always free to use and share with others. Every day, images, sounds, and videos go viral without permission, compensation, or even credits given to the original creators of these contents who take effort, time, and creativity to piece these contents together. How does intellectual property work for online content? Website, videos, photos, music, blogs, ebooks, softwares. When you post your pictures on Facebook or your videos on Instagram or TikTok, do you still have any rights over them? Are open source software licenses intellectual property too? An intellectual property lawyer based in Kenya, Elizabeth Oyange Mgando, will be clarifying these issues and helping us better understand what can be protected and what cannot be protected when it comes to content online. So social media content content contains a lot of IP, intellectual property, and even though most social platforms revolve around sharing content, people might be surprised to learn that content isn't always free to use and share with other people on the internet. Liz, help us understand, first of all, generally, what intellectual property means for someone who is new to this conversation, someone who is new to the word IP. Um, help us, just give us a, an understanding of what it means. Okay, great. Thank you, Anthony. So um, intellectual property is a wide area um, and it generally covers um, intangible property. So things like houses, land, cars, these things you can touch. But intellectual property, it's an asset as well. You can see it, but you can't always touch it. So it protects creations of the mind um, that are otherwise not possible to touch. Okay, And their main areas are usually patents. So a patent is a government certificate that is given if you invent something within science or technology. So things like mobile phones, um, medicine, these are protected by a patent. And then the other area is a trademark. So a trademark is there to protect the brand. So a brand, it tells you where a product or a service is coming from. So things like Coca-Cola, Nesquik, Cadbury, those are protected by a trademark. And as long as you renew the trademark every 10 years, uh, then you have protection forever. So trademarks are protected for a very long time, as opposed to patents which expire after 20 years and then anyone can make now, the main area which we're going to be focusing on is now on copyrights, which is for anything else that is creative. So creative works, um, and we'll come into more in depth, but copyright is now where the focus of social media is, um, and it protects uh, anything that's written down, um, drawn, painted, uh, sound recording, films and movies, and that protection is for the life of the creator, right, so for the whole life, and when they die, uh, between 50 to 70 years. So after that, then that's when it becomes free. So when we assume that because you found it online and it's free, it was free on Google, it's not really free because somebody created it. You have to wait for that person to die and then 70 years or 50 years have to pass and then it becomes free. So we always have to consider that permissions are required for using that work online. 
Hmm. Now, a lot of people find it difficult to properly understand structure and see what the regulation is for content on the internet. How does intellectual property work on the internet, online or on social media? Okay. Yeah, this is a tricky one. So copyright, for example, it was created about 300 years ago, right? And the idea was to protect books. Okay. So physical, tangible stuff. Now we have since moved from that. So we're trying to apply a law that was created such a long time ago to something like technology. It doesn't work. When you look at social media, um, I think the data shows there are over 4 billion social media users, right? On Instagram alone, there are over 50 billion photographs, okay? Now, when you can imagine that so much data is flying around, is it realistic to be able to expect an owner to be able to follow up on all these people each time people share the works? And also when you think about the idea of social media, social media really is about sharing, okay? It's there to allow people to create content and share it. So trying to get IP laws to control social media is a really, really, really huge task. And it's difficult because of the numbers of people who share data on a daily basis. Yeah. So when it comes to website, videos, photos, music, blogs, ebooks, softwares, all of these things are attached to copyright. And we can't really place a finger on how to exactly protect them. That's a implement the protection yeah a lot of the time it is so when you look at things like um a photograph or so images um even text so if you tweet something or you write something on a post these are automatically protected so the way copyright works as soon as your pen leaves a paper or your your finger leaves the button whatever you have created is automatically protected so uh different from patents and trademarks when you create a copyright work you don't even have to do anything. As soon as you create it and somebody takes it without your permission, ideally you can challenge that person for what we call a copyright infringement. So copyright infringement is when somebody takes your work and they use it in a certain way without your permission. Yeah. So when it comes to images online, if you use that image and you don't ask for permission, then that's copyright infringement. Okay. If you use an image, sometimes it's okay to acknowledge and you always have to acknowledge who created the content. So assuming you go on Instagram and you share a picture, it's best practice for you to tag whoever created the, whoever owned or whoever created that. Um, and sometimes you'll also find people taking a screenshot. Yeah. So a screenshot is a reproduction. Now only the copyright owner has got the right to control how their work is reproduced. So you're taking a screenshot and then you're sharing it again somewhere else. That is not an acceptable practice. Yeah. Although in the US you'll find this have certain exceptions. So there's something called a fair use. So if you're taking somebody else's content and you're using it for a particular reason, like for teaching or for education, or you want to comment on that actual picture, and it's not for a commercial use, then sometimes it's okay to actually take that work without having to ask for permission. So you have to check, um, is my use a fair use? And is it okay for me to go ahead and use this without permission? Or is my use more on a commercial side and where I have to go and get explicit permissions to use this video or this audio or this text in my in, in my blog or in my social media? Yeah. So it's a matter of weighing where your use falls within that sphere. 
So you mentioned that the moment you create something, you automatically have the rights, copyrights, you have that right, you know. But then if you have to prove that this is actually yours and you know you don't go through the process of, you know, getting it copyrighted, how easy will it be for you to, you know, prove that this is your original work? So usually, especially when you create something, there'll be some sort of timestamp. Um, so whether you have drawn it and, and, and put a picture online or emailed it to yourself, or if it's a digital work, there'll be timestamps somewhere um, that show that you created that work on a particular date. So presenting the evidence, they'll have to go and check whose work was posted first to sort of try and determine. But for big works, you find people go and register the copyright at the copyright office. So in Kenya, for example, you can take your work to the Kenya Copyright Board and they'll look at it, check the database, and if it's clear and it's evidence you're the original owner, then you get a certificate. So a certificate is not necessary, but it's good if you're trying to prove ownership of something. And I know in the US, if you don't register your copyright, you cannot go to court. So for you to go to court, you have to register the work to show that you actually own the work. And registration is just a formality to show proof of ownership. Yeah. Mm, okay. And everything has to do with copyright because everything online is attached to copyright. Yeah. Majority, yes. Majority of what we're dealing with when it comes to social media is to do with copyright. So uh, for example, you will see somebody has made a video and uh, they put a video on YouTube or on TikTok but the music on the background is not theirs right mm. so you'll find some people even try to disclaim and they will say uh, you know what I don't own the copyrights to this video or this music um, please, if it's yours, just get in touch with me and I will take it down. That will not help you because you're still infringing and you know you're infringing. Okay, so you'll find, especially in YouTube, if this happens, YouTube will actually take down the video because according to their algorithm, they have detected that the music you have used actually belongs to somebody else. So they will take down that whole video. Yeah, so it's always best practice to check or ask for permissions. Um, Although having said that, there is something called um, open licenses. So whilst copyright requires you to get express permissions for your use, open licenses are where people who own those works don't really mind other people using them in certain ways and they don't have to ask for permissions. So there are very many stock images that you can use for free because the licenses are either licensed under a Creative Commons license, which allows you to take it without asking for permissions as long as you do what the license tells you to do. So um, I think it's a matter of advocacy. People need to be aware that yes, you can get free images, you can get free videos, you can get free music. You just need to go onto a certain platform like a Creative Commons and look for that material. And then you can use it online without ever having to worry about somebody coming to you for copyright infringement. So those are available remedies to avoid um, being sued for copyright infringement. Wait, hold on. So if I got you right, um, if I share something on instagram or twitter or facebook and uh, the song at the background like you know you have to like tag a song like that song at the background uh, do i don't have rights to use that song is that what he means i mean fringing yes absolutely well so everyone does it actually 
<laughs> Everyone does it because it's so common, but a lot of the time you don't have rights. Because remember when artists create music, they make money by licensing those works. So you're essentially using somebody else's work without permission to use it in a certain way. Because it's so widely used, people tend to assume, you know, it's fine, you know, you know, everyone is doing it, so it's okay. It's not until you get a letter in your email asking you why you're using my asset without my permission. So you got to be very careful about the background music that you use on social media. Wow. So what role does the social media platform have to play? Because they encourage you to actually tag a song. Does it mean that you have to get rights to tag the song before you, you make your post? Okay, tagging tagging is a little different. So just like when you provide a link in copyright to a certain thing, it's not mm-hmm. an infringement okay. because what the link does when somebody clicks, it takes them to the original page, mm-hmm. right? So tagging also, it takes the person to, or it links to the original creator. So tagging is not really a thing. In terms of sharing, so where you click and then you share the button with others, that's also not an infringement um, because you're only passing on what you also have received um, and not using that actual content in a new video, in a new way. So tagging and linking, those are perfectly okay um, in terms of copyright. Okay. There's one that's very relatable um, on TikTok where you have um, trending audio or videos. Uh, let me use audio. And then you make a video of yourself and the the song, the audio is it's playing in the background. Um, but everyone can see that, oh, okay, this is a song that's playing in the background, all of that. Would you, is that infringing in any way? Yeah, so this one is a bit tricky. There's no really right answer because for platforms like TikTok, I mean, that's essentially how they're built for you to be able to, you know, get on the bandwagon on whatever is trending. So the best argument for people who do this will be fair use. So perhaps, you know, you are using that uh, for a comment or criticism or something. Um, It's not a commercial use. It's more for fun. Okay, and you're not benefiting um, in, in terms of um, money. So if you're not getting paid uh, when you use that music in the background, then essentially you can argue it's a fair use. So I'm not infringing on copyright. Also, it's more advisable to use very small, very small portions of the music because if you use the whole song, obviously that's something else. But if you're using a few seconds of a song to demonstrate something, then essentially it should be okay. And actually, when you go to the terms and conditions of these platforms, you'll see disclaimers that say, make sure that whatever intellectual property you're using from third parties have permissions. So if anything happens, ideally, you're on your own and you have to explain why you're using other people's background music in your video without permission. So that's more like a setup. (laughs) It's not really a setup. It's Because they provide you access. Terms and conditions. So they provide you access to the music and you're just using, you know, what they provide you. Uh, Well, people, well, majority of people don't really understand how intellectual property works because when you see something online for such a long time, you you just imagine that you assume it's free, Mm -hmm. right? Now, most of these platforms will have these terms. They'll have the policies, the data policies, the privacy policies, but we don't read those. Nobody reads those things, right? But if you read that stuff there, it's there. Yeah. And and perhaps in terms of education, there needs to be more IP education, especially for bloggers um, and people who post content online. There needs to be more IP education 
Yeah, and once people are more aware of how to use other people's works, then you'll find people are more cautious. When you go online and you see somebody complaining, I used somebody's image and they actually tried to sue me, then people get scared because you know, oh wait, mm-hmm. I, I can't do this. I have to ask for permission or I have to get a license. And these cases are becoming more and more. So it's a matter of advocacy on how to respect other people's works, how to get permission for those works. And if you can't get permission, how to find works that you can use for free without having to worry about copyright infringement. So how does copyright work for blog sites, for example? Just um, give us a few examples or some pinpoints, some major things to look out for, copyright and blogs. Okay, so if you're doing a blog, then whatever you write, you will have to decide whether you want your blog to be openly licensed so anyone can take whatever you've posted and reuse it or to have copyrights to everything, all rights reserved. So if anyone wants to use that content, they have to contact you and then you have to give them permission. So in terms of images, you want to make sure that you're using images that you've either taken yourself, gotten for free online. So it's either something that's openly licensed with a Creative Commons license, which allows you to take it without asking. It's either something that's in the public domain, so the copyright has expired, or it's something that you have paid for. So you have gone and you've seen a stock image, you've bought it for a certain use, and you've put it online. So you want to make sure that any content you use in your blog is copyright compliant, okay, based on those three things. The same with videos and the same with, with audios. Sometimes you don't want people to, to, to use your picture online. So some people, you find them putting watermarks, their name across the image. So if somebody uses it, then people will know who actually owns that work. And the problem with social media is not everybody will acknowledge, you will not credit the author. Like, for example, you'll find a very beautiful picture of a lake, right? It was taken by Anthony Ebay. But somebody will take it and repost it without mentioning Anthony. Okay, that's uh, as a as a creator, that's really annoying to have worked Very on something annoying. and nobody acknowledges you. Yeah. <laughs> so for you, even when you're using that image in your blog, you have to say copyright by Anthony eBay so that people know Anthony actually created this work. It's good for you um, to be acknowledged for your work um, on, on social media. To what extent does acknowledging the original? owner of the work remove the burden of you being sued or you know something like that happening because you mentioned that if you just uh, does this same thing that happens on instagram you just put um in the comment section or in the caption uh, you know disclaimer you know the video here or the music here you're listening to you know it doesn't really belong to me and you mentioned that that isn't really cover yes so acknowledgement will not completely remove the burden of being sued. However, it reduces it significantly. So you can imagine if that was your work and you saw your name was acknowledged, you'd be a lot less likely to think about suing somebody, especially if the use is innocent, like for a purpose for education um, or research. So when you see your name, you're a lot less likely to think about suing somebody because at least people know you created that work. There are times when somebody takes that and uses it for commercial. So um, an advertisement on a billboard, even if they've acknowledged you, you would think, you know, wait, they're probably making money from this advertisement. They need to pay me. So it depends on the use of the work. For innocent works like research, probably you wouldn't be thinking about suing. But for commercial works, then it's highly likely that you should have asked for permission or paid a license to the creator for you to use that work. So it depends on the use. Now, social media influencers, they're the new 
online hustlers that we have and there are lots of them growing on the continent useful maybe <laughs> most of them on the continent mm-hmm. we may say that we innocently share things on instagram on twitter and tiktok but we find out that there are a lot of people who are social media influencers who just keep posting either funny content, educative content, in any contents that people can interact with. And with time, they have a certain level of influence over um, um, the people who use the platform and brands pay them to market their own um, um, content and their business. So they do not directly advertise or, you know, have anything to do with, you know, commercializing what they're posting. But then in the long run, they commercialize the fact that they always post things that are like this. Is there any, can they be sued, you know, for um, infringing on the rights of the original creators? Okay, so it depends. So, uh, for example, in the business side where they're getting paid to promote a product, uh, I think the best practice for that is to declare that you're affiliated with a certain brand when you're uh, promoting those. But on, um, let's get to the ground. So, particularly here, when you see somebody promoting a certain brand, they even go as far as putting a hashtag on the brand but they're not affiliated with that brand in any way. And a lot of the times, even they're promoting or trying to sell, because now we have online marketplaces, mm-hmm. they're trying to sell a fake brand, okay? So you're opening yourself up to trademark infringement or passing off. So passing off is where you misrepresent your association with a brand and you try and sell off a product that has got nothing to do with the original brand, okay? So trademark issues will arise um, in, in that aspect, And then there's another issue. So an influencer will see a very nice picture of them has been taken by somebody else. And then they will go and take that picture and post it on their profile. So we said the person who creates the work is the original owner. So the photographer Mm. who took that picture actually has copyright to that picture. You have no rights whatsoever to take that picture and post it on your profile without asking for permission from the photographer. Yes, it's your image, but it's not your picture. So you cannot do that. That's copyright infringement. Um, Having said that, there is something called image rights. So we all have a right to control how our image is used. So if somebody takes my picture and posts it in a certain magazine, it's not acceptable because it's my image. I have a right to control where you put my image. So in as much as I own the copyright to the photo of your image, I don't have a right to use it in certain ways without asking you um, before I use that image in a certain way. Yeah. Mm, okay. Are there any other pitfalls that social media influencers um, may fall into, you know, when it has to do with IP copyrights and things like that? Mm, so um, I'm just thinking in terms of, posting content that doesn't belong to you or you might have, you might face, depending on the platform, you might find your content is just taken down. You'll get a notice. So somebody will have filed a claim. Mm -hmm. Um, Essentially, they will say, I own this content. This user took it without my permission. um, And I'd like to have this taken down or to bring a claim and to get a fine from this person or whatever. So you want to be very careful. Um, about the sort of content you post because I think pe- there are people who have had the whole um, page blocked because they've repeatedly infringed. Uh, after a certain number of times, three or four times, um, especially in YouTube, you'll find that your whole page is just blocked. You're just blocked from, from, from using YouTube. Okay, So you want to be very careful about the content that you post because 
it could mean that your page is is, is taken down for one reason or another. Yeah. Mm. And and this works for all those within the creative industry from graphics designers to video editors to social media influencers, um writers for blog sites and you know everyone. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and another thing, so there are certain times when you will own copyright to the work, but if you're being employed, so if you're employed to do a certain thing, perhaps you work in a university or you work in a, a research organization, whatever you create is not going to belong to you. It will belong to your employer. So they will have the copyright to that. So don't assume because you created it, you can go ahead and post it. You have to check who actually owns the right to that work. And the same with, with consultants. So if you're a graphic designer and you've been hired and you're actually getting paid to draw something for somebody, you will not own that work. Okay. The person who is actually commissioning you to create that work will own the copyright to it. So don't assume because you're the one who created it, you can go ahead and post it. No, those rights, you have to be very careful. They belong to someone else um, and you have to check. So it means even when you're, you know, like showing off the work you've done, if the work you've done, um, someone else has the rights to those work, you also need to get approval before you can share those um, and works on social media. Absolutely. Absolutely. Or else you're now an infringer. Yeah. Whoa. A lot of us have, you know, are supposed to be in jail right now. Um, the... <laughs> yes. Wow. <laughs> Uh, would you would you want to make any comment on phone photography? Because um, I know it's becoming a theme. It's a theme right now on the continent. Um, a lot of people uh, use their phones to capture images. You know, they take videos. And are there any rules or laws around phone photography? Um, so the way copyright works, so um, it doesn't matter which format you take the work. So as soon as you press the button on that camera you are the copyright owner. So in a situation even where you borrow somebody's phone and you take a picture with that person's phone, the picture is yours because you're the one who pressed the button. So that person can't go ahead and use that picture in their own phone without your permission because they're not the copyright owner. You are the copyright owner. Whoa, yeah. really? So as soon as that work, yeah, absolutely. As soon as that work is taken, the person who's taken the work is the actual owner. It doesn't matter if 100 people are standing in front of the same tree and they take the same picture, all those persons have got rights based on the actual picture that they took of that tree. Yeah, that's how that's how copyright operates. <laughs> wow. Very interesting. Uh, now, Creative mm. Commons, yeah? What, what's it all about? So Creative Commons is sort of um, an, an exception. So we've said um, copyright is very strict. So when you have this picture on your phone, you have, you're the only person who can control how that picture is reproduced in any platform, um, copied. So sometimes people will take the picture and print it or, or, or do whatever with it. Um, so they can't distribute it. You're the only person who can do that. So if somebody wants to use that picture, they have to come to Anthony and ask express permission. Now, Creative Commons tends to lean on the other side. It says, hey, not everybody wants people to ask for permissions every time they want to use the work. So, for example, you'll say, okay, you can use my work. You don't have to ask for permission as long as you do what these licenses tell you. And Creative Commons has got six licenses and you just need to look at what the license says. So the license might say 
You can use this work without permission uh, as long as you don't make commercial use and you don't change it. Some licenses will allow you to change the work so you can add music to the work, you can add uh, other images to the work. Um, so it depends on the license. So Creative Commons, basically, it's you can take it for free. Don't have to ask permission. Just go ahead and do what the licenses tell you. And most of the time, the license will spell out exactly what you can do with the work. So this is a very good alternative. If you want to use images online, just go and look for a Creative Commons image. You don't have to ask permission. You don't have to have to worry. You only have to do what the license uh, tells you um, to do uh, on how to use that work. And then we're in the tech space and there are also open source software. Um, uh, how does this play out with uh, intellectual property? So open source software is, it, it tends to be different. So it depends on the license of the open source software. So for that, there is generally no issue because open licenses allow you to take and adapt the, the software and even improve on it. So in terms of IP, um, there is really no issue of infringement um, as long as you're doing what the intended creator of that open source software wanted you to do. With it. So there is very little issue in terms of open source. Okay. Uh, so I just have to like digest a lot of things and, and, and think through a lot of things because most of us just keep breaking these rules. When I post content on my social media uh, um, um, handles and, and all, it automatically means that I have become the creator of all of those things. Um, how enforceable are these rights that I get once I create something online? Actually, I have never seen a case about, <laughs> for example, somebody taking somebody to court because their tweet was used in a certain way. Although I do see an emerging issue. So I've seen mugs, so like a coffee cup, and it has a tweet of somebody posted there. I think there are copyright issues there because essentially you're using somebody else's words with somebody else's profile name and you're selling these marks. So there are trademark and copyright issues all mixed up in there. I've not seen a case yet, but I think the whole idea of, of social media and sharing and, and, and reposting, it makes it really difficult to control and also um, to take these cases to court. So for now, I can say there's little chance of, of somebody actually wor being worried about that going to court. Perhaps we just have to watch, just have to wait for that one case that will change everything. <laughs> and, and if we actually get this one case, how severe can the sentence be? I don't think it will be severe because, uh, like I said, there are exceptions. And a lot of the times, lawyers like to look at the exceptions. So they will always try to bring a, a case within the exceptions. So they'll try and argue that, you know, this was a fair use because of one, two, three, four. Or they will look at the license and say, this license was actually quite permissive. So I don't know. It depends on a lot. Um, and there is no real set answer for this. It's still a gray area. Okay, your final thoughts on intellectual property and social media generally in Africa, um, just general thoughts on them as we close. Okay, so in terms of IP, generally everywhere, um, it's not something that people tend to think about or even try to understand. And we just tend to assume that whatever content we find online is free because we have access to it. And that's not always the case. So there is a lot of advocacy that needs to be done. You'll find most institutions will have an intellectual property just so that people have a reference point um, to try and understand how to use other people's content. And then you also want to be careful about the things called copyright trolls. So 
they own the copyright. They don't use it, but they're watching for who's using it. And, and, and then you just find emails with demand letters. You have infringed my assets. Um, you always have to be alert, always ask for permission, and always acknowledge if you're not very sure about the content you're using. And how big should we be um, in, I don't know if you're a supporter of, you know, free um, open source. Are you a big supporter of that too? Or we should just keep it commercial and just keep it that way? Oh, no, I am huge, huge on the open movement. So I actually believe knowledge should be very free, extremely free. So in terms of people using materials, there's so much content now. Uh, Creative Commons, for example, has got over 4 billion works that are licensed openly. So whenever possible, in fact, when we do our trainings at the at the copyright office here, we tend to advocate for openly licensed works. Use those ones because there's no issue with them. And for most of them, you can even build up on them and add things to them. So absolutely, I support that open movement very much. And I, I urge people to consider using openly licensed works and creating so that others can also have the opportunity to build on those openly licensed works. Well, I switched things up a bit with some random questions. Listen very closely to what she says. We had some fun here. If you had to, if you had to invent something, you know, something that isn't available now, what would it be? Wow, hmm, a time machine for sure. Why a time, time machine? machine? Sure. I'd, like to, I'd like to go to the UK like right now uh, and just be there in, in the in the heat because it's very cold in Nairobi. <laughs> <laughs> but then just like a heat wave, um, um, it's really hot in the UK. Yeah. Yeah, we need that. We are really freezing. Africa is not meant for freezing, but it's really cold down here. It's winter. <laughs> okay. Some people would, you know, you know, take this towards the climate action discussion now, but I'll just let that pass. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com.